welcome to a new episode of Guitar Talk. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this Wednesday. We've got a great show in store. Before we jump into it, just wanted to let you know that uh, Sunday, July 17th, Guitar Talk is sponsoring the very first Chicago National Guitar Show that's going to take place at the Kankakee County Fairgrounds in Kankakee, Illinois, about an hour south of the city of Chicago, right off of Interstate 57. We've got buyers and dealers coming in from all over the country. It's going to be an amazing time. If you're a vendor and you want to find out how you can have a booth, all you got to do is go to guitartalkofficial.com. There's a tab at the top of the page that says Chicago National Guitar Show. You can also get early admission, say $5. And we will be raffling off a brand new Gretsch Streamliner uh, donated to us by King Music, and 100% of the proceeds of that raffle are going to the Guitars for Vets organization to help veterans with PTSD. So that's going to be Sunday, July 17th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Kankakee County Fairgrounds in Kankakee, Illinois. It's going to be a great time. It really is. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of really cool vendors there. Also, too, make sure that you're hitting the subscribe and like button on this video. You don't want to miss anything. Go to guitartalkofficial.com. Join up for our uh, newsletter so that you can stay informed. Now, today we have, it's a treat. It really is a treat. It's, it's like royalty and a treat. It's treat royalty or royalty treat. I don't know. However you want to put that together. My guest today is uh, uh, Valor Trucks. Now, uh, we're going to get the obvious out of the way. Uh, yes, his dad is Butch Trucks. His cousins are Derek and Dwayne. And uh, he is an extremely talented musician, can play just about anything, as you could imagine. Uh, he's uh, a formative part of a band called the Yeti Trio. But on top of that, you know, Valor does so many things on his own. Uh, his guitar choice seems to be the the Parker. I think it's the Parker Fly. I'm not exactly sure. But you're going to find out in this interview because we discussed it. So, uh, you know, without further ado, do yourself a favor. Sit down, put your feet up, kick back, get a nice cool drink, and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Valor Trucks right here on Guitar Talk. There we go. There he is. Oh my goodness. Uh, How you doing? Good. Not bad. I'm I apologize for last week. I'm oh. <laughs> don't do you know what? Don't worry about it. I mean confusion happens. Did you when you signed on the calendar, did they give you all the information or they did, but then okay. I heard from Doug that you needed to reschedule, and I never got a new invitation. So I was just waiting on that. Oh, because the old the old invitation was was still good. That, oh, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. That's that's probably my fault. Then I should have just tried. It never even occurred to me. <laughs> well, it is uh, here. Let me see if I can turn up your volume a little bit. Okay, uh, I'm also gonna turn a light on in here just to there we go a little better all right well it's uh it's cool to to meet you i appreciate it oh thanks for having me i'm a you fan know? of your show yeah thanks man i uh i love how you guys describe the yeti trio frightening <laughs> fusion improv that's what we do 
<laughs> I tell you what, I love I love the whole just let it happen happen thing. Yeah. You know, man, I think that's that's missed so much in music nowadays. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's what um, it's what propelled me to try to put together a, a trio in the first place. Um, is just I was really at the time the, of the founding of that that band, I was really taken by early 70s fusion, Miles Davis and Mahavishnu and Return to Forever and Tony Williams' Lifetime. And uh, when the Yeti Trio first started performing, we didn't even have songs. You know, we would just get on stage and start playing and someone would come up with an idea and we would kind of run yeah. with it. And over time, they kind of coalesced, right? You know, oh, that that idea, let's give it a name and put a frame around it. And now it's a song. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that because you know, like even in my own band, when we play out live, we do that all the time. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, it's somebody will come up with something. Like the bass player will just start playing something, and the next thing you know, it turns into a seven-minute or ten-minute, you know, uh, yep. a jam. But in the end, it's you know, when you play with great musicians it can't help but be cool to some degree, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so, uh, you know, I, of course, you know, you got a, you got a, a, a really impressive background. You come from a, a historic family. So how in the world did you fall into fusion, you know, with the history, you know, of, of your family's background? Well, believe, believe it or not, it was my father that introduced it to me. Uh, so when the Allman brothers first got together, you know, a lot of the members of the Allman brothers were coming from, a, you know, they were, they were influenced by the popular music of the day. My, my dad was a big fan of the birds and Bob Dylan, uh, you know, um, you know, Dickie was really a big fan of, of cream, you know, but JMO, JMO was listening to Ornette Coleman and Miles Davis and John Coltrane, and he turned the rest of the band onto that. And so yeah. from that point forward, my dad was really into jazz. I mean, one of his favorite albums in the whole world is uh, Intermounting Flame by the Mahavishnu Orchestra. So, yeah. you know, when you go to Butch Trucks's house and music comes on, it's it's likely to be Stravinsky or Miles Davis. So, I mean, that's yeah. it's, it's just what I grew up with. Yeah, well, you can you can hear the influence to some degree because, yeah. in a lot of ways, the Almond Brothers were a jam band. You know, at least sure. it felt that. At least it felt that way. Yeah, you know. So I I can under I can understand. So how long has the Yeti Trio been been together? We first got together in 1998. We first performed oh, wow. out in 1999. Yeah. Wow. Why, why is why am I just now learning about the Yeti trio? Because I really dig it, you know. Oh, per thank you. Um, well, a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, odd meter improvised fusion, you know, low commercial yeah. potential. Uh, yeah. uh, but the other reason is that all three of us have kind of other gigs, right? All three of us have, you know, so this is this is something that we maybe get to do if we're lucky a dozen shows a year, and that's it. You know, we don't we don't get out much, so yeah and so so what is your i'm i'm looking at your room there so i'm mm -hmm. guessing that you're into recording you're do you, yep. do, you, do you so do you have a studio is that what you do well no um believe it or not uh my day gig is in it um but you know per, you know in terms of music professionally stuff i do some recording here this is more a project studio than anything else 
Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it's in the downstairs area of my home. Uh, but music wise, I do a lot of, um, I generate sheet music and transcriptions. I, you know, I, you know, I generate educational materials, but, you know, I also do uh, a fair amount of sub gigs in and around Atlanta. And, you know, uh, Eric and I have got a couple of projects we're working on as well. And then of course there's the new thing, brother and sister I'm doing with my sister uh, and uh, the blue Jay sessions in Jacksonville. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah. I just, I just made the decision very, very long ago that having seen what the life of a musician is, I just thought to myself, it's, I need to get myself into a point where I don't ever rely on music for my paycheck. <laughs> uh, and wow. that gives me the opportunity to play as weird and as out and just to follow my passions exactly as I want to, because I'm not going to be beholden to someone to compromise what I think should be my artistic expression for the purposes of paying bills. So that's where I'm at. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Hats off to you, man, for, oh, for you. doing that, because so many people are, you know, would, would go down the path to try to conform to something yeah. in order to be able to do that, you know, and and it's cool that you, you know, that you have outlets for your for your gifts and your talents, you know, that you can do that. So tell me a little bit about what's well, you said something about doing something with your sister. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, Melody, uh, she's got her own project, Melody Trucks Band, and it's been around for a while and it's going under, undergoing a revamp right now, but they're about to launch. But um, I guess about, yeah, I guess it was 2019. Um, I teach it. Oh, so this, this has got a backstory. So <laughs> okay. um, I teach at a music camp every year called Roots Rock Revival. It is a camp that was founded by my father, by Butch Trucks, along with uh, O'Teal Burbridge and Luther and Cody Dickinson of North Mississippi All-Stars. And a few years ago, we had Hashvius and uh, Jeff Franca from Thievery Corporation as instructors there. And Jeff and I hit it off pretty well, and we decided we were going to do something together. And what we did is we put together a, an Almond Brothers tribute project in Colorado called the Family Peach. The two of us, my sister, um, Derek's uh, old bass player, Todd Smalley, and his old organist, um, Bill McKay, they're out in Colorado, so they joined us. Uh, local guy, James Dumb, on the second guitar. Uh, and then my friend Eric, who is, you know, the, dr the drummer in the Yeti trio, he was the second drummer. And that series of shows went so well that Eric said, you know, we need to do something in the Southeast. So me, Eric, my sister put together this project called Brother and Sister uh, with musicians throughout the Southeast that we respect enough. And uh, the way I'm presenting it, the way I'm, I'm kind of showing it as what I'm trying to do here is I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play exactly like the recordings and neither am I trying to put my own spin on things. I'm trying to do with the Allman Brothers music what Dweezil Zappa did with Frank Zappa's music, which is execute it to the intention of the original compositions. And that includes where the composers decided improvisation needed to happen. If right. That makes, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah. yeah, I'm not going to be playing Dickie solo note for note, but neither am I going to be changing the forms of the songs. Right. So that's, right. that, that's where I, that's what this project is, brother and sister. 
but we also melody and i have a, a concert series there is a, a small club in jacksonville a really hip little club called the blue jay listening room very small place great atmosphere holds only about 80 people but the two of us are inviting some of our friends in uh to have this you know just basically concert series we bring in people that might never be able to see uh, someone of that caliber in that kind of a space. We just finished our first weekend with Jimmy Hall from Wet Willie. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was there this past weekend with the two of us and it went great. And we, our next one uh, coming up first weekend in, in April is Luther Dickinson. So oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the other thing that Melody and I have going on right now. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool project. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's nice. I'm not, nah, I hope you don't mind me asking this, okay. but you know, sometimes when you come from a family, you know, that has a history, yeah, people tend to look at you a certain way and expect you to follow a certain, you know, pattern or or, or go down a certain path in that. Yeah. I mean, how difficult is that to navigate? Because I mean, come on, you know, the Almond Brothers were one of the biggest, you know, yeah. bands of all time in that so that's got to be a little you know i don't for, know for years um i struggled with this uh you know it used to be that you had to know me for a while before i would even tell you who i was related to i mean if you asked me if i would tell you but you know i wouldn't say hi i'm Baylor. i'm related to these guys that's right. that's that's not what i wanted to do and certainly when it came to my music part of the reason why I wanted to explore the kind of the further edges of the music that I grew up with is partly because I really like it, but also partly because it gives some artistic space between me and what is kind of expected of me. So if you, if you hear what I play and you say, I dig it, then it's because you dig it and not because I fulfilled an expectation. You understand what I'm saying? Um, But that being said, the Allman Brothers aren't here to represent themselves anymore, right? That's not a band that that is alive and well anymore. And working with the kids and working with the other instructors at Roots Rock Revival, um, there is there is an honor, there is a a, um, a a privilege of being able to pass on what you've learned. Yeah. And certainly, I know the music of the Allman Brothers inside and out. So I'm finally comfortable enough to not only execute the music, but I mean, for the first time, I'm playing slide live. I never <laughs> used to do that. You know, the, the last thing I wanted to do was invite comparisons to Derek or to Dwayne or anyone else. That's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, I think I think that there is a a, a validity in. And, you know, this is, this is what came down to me. This is what I've learned. Let me show you what I've learned. And and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool though. You know, I, I always, I always wondered, you know, what kind of pressure there would be on some, cause I look like a, my son yeah, right yeah. now. I, 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 you know, I'm, I've opened, I opened for the Omen brothers back yeah. in the nineties, but I've never been close to that kind of success, you know, yeah, in yeah. my in my days of playing music. But, you know, I have a son that plays guitar and I always wanted my son to, to play guitar and to kind of, you know, do what I do, you know, and be around the people that I'm around because I always felt that, you know, I think playing an instrument enhances the quality of your life. And when oh, you're yeah. in that setting, yeah, I think it, it it really has a lot of meaning, but at the same time, you can't lump that onto somebody. 
you know, and say, you know, I want you to do this. You got to follow this. You know, you need to be able to let that person, you know, be themselves and yeah. whatever that is. And he's a school teacher today. I'm extremely oh, proud nice. of him, of course, you know, but, uh, you know, but I, I could see it was difficult to not want to pressure him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you have the same thing? I mean, did you have, was your family kind of trying to mentor you to to go on to do something? And, <laughs> or did they give you the freedom to? Oh, absolutely. No, they're, yeah. they're, they're, I, did, I never felt pressure one way or the other. Um, yeah. I always felt supported to, to pursue artistic things, but never, you know, the fact that I play guitar and not drums, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, but it actually is kind of funny because, you know, I'm, you know, professionally, I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well in the IT field, you know, well enough to be able to afford all of this, for example. Right. <laughs> um, but my, you know, after the 2014, when the Allman Brothers dissolved, uh, my father had a couple of projects, you know, and one of them was a project called Butch Trucks and the Freight Train Band, which was a band that he put together uh, of folks all throughout the, the, the East you know, there's, you know, everyone from Bruce Katz up in New York to uh, uh, Heather Gillis down in Florida. We all, you know, we, we would go and tour the clubs. Um, and my dad kept pressuring me. Are you sure you don't want to quit your cushy job and go back on the road playing rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, you know, I got to be the only person in the world whose dad is pressuring him to go <laughs> on the road and play <laughs> rock and roll. Um but you know, no, it's 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 been you know my my mother and father separated when I was young. Uh, I was raised by my mom, and you know she she worked hard, and you know I feel very fortunate to to kind of be where I am, to be at a spot where uh, you know I get to do this right because yeah. uh, most people don't. And I mean, this is probably going a lot deeper than you're asking, but um, you know during the pandemic, I knew so many musicians who are friends of mine that were really hurt by not being able to gig yeah and the few things that would come up right you know a streaming session or whatever else and the invites would come to me i would never ever ever accept because that gig needs to go someone who needs it and i don't need it yeah and right? i'm doing okay so you know i i'm trying just now i mean i'm just now at a point where i see all my friends back out and hitting it pretty hard again i've said okay Maybe it's time to that I can I can play a show without feeling too guilty now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really that's really cool that that you, that you uh, that you had that mindset like oh, that. Yeah. You know, I think that's really cool. You know, and hats and hats off to you, man, for you know uh, you know following your own path like that. You know, yeah. because okay. it would you know I could see how it might be a little tempting to want to jump in you know to the whole music thing you know simply because of your surroundings yeah in that but uh but you know it seems like but the other thing that's really cool is that when you're not tied down to that you seem to have the freedom to be able to do all the things that you're able to do right now like yeah. the project with your sister and the project with the yeti trio and so forth right yeah i mean you know the 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 nice thing about where we are technology wise is that um, going out and humping it on the road 24 seven uh, is not the only path to a career in music anymore. 
mm-hmm. you know uh i'm i'm in here writing composing recording all the dang time and when i'm not doing that i'm creating other kinds of contents uh for black history month i just put up uh videos two a day uh of two guitarists every day who were important to me uh all throughout black history month and you know i i have a a video series where I go back and listen to the albums that I really should have heard by now, but haven't for whatever reason. And I learned them. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I stay plugged in all the time. I, I don't, I don't ever let any period of time go by in which music is not an integral part of my life. So. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, it's, it's good to have that, that kind of that freedom, but at the yeah. same time still honor, you know, uh what's going on so so what is the yeti project doing i mean are you guys gonna you guys gonna do another album you gonna put out a new album or and tour or i mean at least do 12 more shows (laughs) Uh, yes we all definitely want to um you know the trick is that the three of us are each at points in our life where having all of us available at any given time is not always possible um but the drummer and I, Eric Sanders and I, we have been exchanging ideas back and forth over the pandemic. And we each have a studio. He's got a drum studio in his backyard and I've got this space. Uh, so we are going to be recording some things together in a very short order. We, the project's called Standard Deviators and where the Yeti trio is you know, far out in no boundaries, where the standard deviators is going to be just as much kind of odd meter and difficult fusion stuff, but they're going to be tighter, compact, little three and four minute songs, oh, wow. uh, kind, of, kind of like the Dixie Dregs kind of a feel somewhere between Dixie Dregs and Captain Beefheart somewhere in there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that that's going to be happening pretty soon, but hopefully, hopefully um, by the end of the year, the plan is that all three of us will be able to be there at the same place at the same time, start getting our chops up again, because it takes a ramp up to get us to where we can play this music. And 2023, the plan is to at least hit a couple of the festivals. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Now I noticed, uh, you know, because I'm guessing that you're probably a pretty tech uh, looking at your gear behind you. Now. Yeah. It's and all to your analog music. synthesizers. Yeah. And being an IT guy, you're, you're mm-hmm. probably a real technical yeah. uh, 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 guy. And so when it comes to your gear, yeah, you know, I noticed that uh, the videos that I've seen you play in live, it looked like you had a Parker, maybe a Parker fly. Yeah, it's a MIDI fly, in fact. See, the oh, thing it's a MIDI fly. Yeah, so the, the Yeti trio is guitar, keyboards, and drums. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do it is that when I am improvising, Brooks is handling bass with the left hand. But when Brooks is improvising, I have a guitar such that the low two strings have MIDI output sent to a Moog synthesizer so I can play bass on the bottom two strings while I'm also comping chords. So... Uh, the the bass roll goes back and forth and that's that's why i I need all of the technology but the guitar the the magnetic outputs of the guitar signals goes through a pretty traditional chain right uh tube screamer a fuzz uh like a a chorus of flange wah and then a fender amp so you know that's 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 pretty old school but you know i do have to have the ability to make bass happen when when brooks is uh improvising so yeah, that's re- that's really cool. I mean, hats off once again. I I couldn't imagine 
switching like that and doing both at at the same time. Are you are you from are you familiar with the band The Cold Stairs? The Cold Stairs? No, I'm not. I'm, you got to you got to check them out. There's only two of them in the band. There's a okay. guitar player and a drummer. Okay. And the guitar player, I don't know how the hell he does. He's got like four amps, but he's got it set up so that he's doing the rhythm, the bass, and everything on one on just on his guitar. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's the same thing. I mean, I, your your brain has to function completely different than my simple brain because i you know i have a hard time just playing the guitar let alone you know separating it uh, the the way the way that i this is this is one of the the trade-offs right because i never really play with a pick it's always finger style yeah and so that means that old finger style uh, you know you know travis style picking stuff that i learned on acoustic when you bring it over to the electric and that kind of setup, the bass is just naturally there. But of course the trade-off is with only fingers, there's not a lot of sweeping or alternates going on. I can do banjo rolls. I can play quick in other ways, but it's yeah. not the traditional kind of squealy guitar kinds of things that you would expect from a, from a shredder. That's, that's not what I do. <laughs> right. Right. So do you, do you have uh, a, a background in music education? Did you go to a, a college like Berkeley or, or something like that, or uh, believe it or not, my degree is in physics. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believe that, though yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having said that, I have taught lessons in the past, and I do do this uh, music camp, and I have taught myself an awful lot of theory. Uh, I'm a big proponent on, you know, learning composition, learning theory, learning structure. You know, uh, yeah. I, you know, I feel about that just the way I, uh, you know. The analogy I use is no learning theory does not make you a worse player any more than learning grammar makes you a worse speaker. It, right. it, it helps. So, yeah. 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 I mean, cause you know, there's always this, I don't know, people look at it differently. I, I, I look at it from my perspective, you know, cause I know a lot of guitar players Yeah. to me, the most proficient players that I know, I mean, the ones that really blow me away really know their music yeah you know the alan hines the robin fords people like that they really know their music and yeah. then you get a simpleton like me that <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i'm lucky to you know do a one four five progression in with on one string you know but it's here's like, the thing you know what the one the four and the five mean so you're at least on the path yeah, yeah I'm on the, well somebody somebody taught me early on yeah that the best thing that i could do was learn the neck Mm -hmm. right to learn the neck and so you know and I, i'm a guy that i learn by patterns yeah right and so uh, you know i've managed to learn the neck but when it comes to because i've got good friends that are you know you know berkeley people or mi people and stuff like that and yeah and uh you know i i can play it but i have no idea what what i'm doing but i can say okay i know that this is g at least or right you know, this is g minor in that so that's that's cool man that's cool well, i wouldn't think that you'd be able to to go as deep as you go with the yeti trio and not have an understanding yeah i mean it's it's when people ask me for advice on music i mean the the first two things i say is practice with the metronome and then get you a pair of sticks and a practice pad and learn some rudiments and some grooves because when you tell your drummer, let's do that section in A flat, he doesn't know what the heck an A flat is. But if you can talk to him in his language, it opens up the things for you immediately. And also, 
cueing yourself to the rhythm, the rhythmic aspect of music instead of just the melodic and harmonic aspect of music makes you such a better player. But beyond those two core things, if your goal is to work, is your if your goal is to get out there, learning to read music, even rudimentarily, not even sight read, but if someone gives you a chart written in standard and you can and you can turn that into music you can play, it's going to open so many doors for you. I can't tell you how many gigs I've gotten playing for musicals, playing for Godspell, you know, playing for Man of La Mancha, just because I was the only guy who auditioned that could read the chart, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a completely different world right there when yeah. you get into, uh, you know, musicals and yeah. things like that, you know? Wow. Wow. Well, man, it seems like you've got a pretty uh, eclectic background, you yeah. know? It's really, really impressive and cool. Like I say, I really, I didn't know about the band until Doug, you know, reached out to me. And I, then after I started, you know, looking it up and listening to it, I'm like, well, why the hell didn't I know about this band? Because I really dig this kind of music. I really dig this playing in that. And uh, it's really too bad you only do 12 shows a year. At least maybe next time you'll do one in Chicago. Oh, I would love to. Uh, we're trying to get up to Chicago with this, with the brother and sister project. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, our Scott Boyer, he's, he lives up in Chicago now. And, and uh, my favorite author in the whole wide world comes from Waukegan and I need to go visit Waukegan and, and visit his park. So yeah. <laughs> Ray <Yeah>. Bradbury. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it makes sense. Well, yeah. I'm sure that Chicago would welcome you guys. You know, we'd love to have you. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. And I love Chicago. It's a beautiful, I love it up there, man. It's the only, yeah. it's the only town I can think of where the downtown's nicer than the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> we got, you know, it is a beautiful city. It's got its issues of course, but it is yeah. a beautiful city. Yeah. You know, it's gorgeous in that. So uh, I'll tell you what, Valer, I really appreciate this conversation. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It was it was a real treat to to meet you. And uh, I hope you don't mind the questions I asked earlier on, because, you know, I know some people when it comes to talking about, you know, family and stuff like that, it can get a little iffy. But uh, I really appreciate oh, happy your, to do it. Thank you for your time. Yeah. And, uh, and if you do get to Chicago, you know, look me up because I'd love to come see you play. Oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Come yeah. up and play one with us. Oh man. I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In that. So, uh, so you take care, man. And thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. You take care. All right. Later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Valor, uh, trucks, you know, do yourself a favor, you know, go to his website, valortrucks.com. You know, check out his band, the Yeti Trio. Um, you know, uh, there's so much that he does that's just really, really cool. He's an amazing talent. I mean, really, really amazing. So, uh, you know, make sure you're following him on social media. And if you get the opportunity to go see him play live, don't miss it. Now, once again, make sure you're hitting the subscribe and like button. And thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Guitar Talk today. My name's Jimmy Warren. I'll see you next time. Oh,